Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and joining me today is local mom, Erin Engelke. She is executive director of local nonprofit Calm Waters Center for Children and Families. She's the wife of an educator, the mom of three kids, the reigning Mrs. Oklahoma, and a mom and friend I have so much admiration for. Welcome, Erin. I'm so glad to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. It's always super fun to get to chat with you. Yes, definitely. And I know so many of our listeners and readers are already familiar with you, Erin. Erin has been a featured real mom in the magazine. She's a contributor for Metro Family. She and her team at Calm Waters often provide mental health perspective and resources for our readers. She was actually one of our very first guests when we first launched Raising OKC Kids in 2020, and we were talking then about COVID grief support groups through Calm Waters. And you've even seen her darling kids on the cover of the magazine. That's been a few years ago now. Erin's also the founder of Beauty in the Busyness, where she challenges society's notion of striving for work-life balance, and instead focuses on encouraging moms to find fulfillment. So Erin, let's start there, especially this time of year as our kids are going back to school, as we're continuing to navigate this roller coaster of a pandemic and we're all feeling strain in different parts of our lives. How can parents who work outside the home let go of this idea of work-life balance? How have you done this in your life and what do you focus on instead? Yeah. Wow. That, that is such a loaded question. You know, we are all feeling just the, the pressure of what's happening in this world and add on top of it, the fact that we are now sending our children back to school and we want to do so in a way that is great for them, makes us feel good. And it's a lot. And especially if you're a working parent, you have the added stress of just the expectations at work and doing a good job there. Um, and, you know, for me, I have found that one of the most important things, and you already said the words, is how important it is to let go. We set such high expectations for ourselves and for our children, and that is almost always the time that we feel out of balance, is when we don't meet those expectations. And a lot of times the expectations, of course, come from ourselves, but sometimes they come from us watching other families or seeing other moms on social media or looking at those Pinterest perfect boards that people put up and then post the perfect first day school photos. Like we are all guilty of feeling the pressure to do everything just right, to be perfectly balanced which is why I am such an advocate to encourage working parents, working moms especially, to push that, push against that, um, that theory that balance is a thing. Because I know for me, I'm just gonna give an example. I am terrible at like being creative and coming up with super cute like first day, you know, like little gifts, let's say for, you know, the class or for the teacher. And I see all these parents on Pinterest and on social media who put together these super cute things. And for years I was like hustling, hustling my rear to do the same thing. Right. And I would come up short every time because it's just not my gift and it doesn't fulfill me ultimately. Cause then I end up feeling like a failure 
which then trickles into other aspects of my life. And so I finally got to a place where I was like, you know what? I don't have to do those things. I don't have to create whatever it is that I'm seeing other people create because that's not what I'm good at. I'm good at a lot of other things. And I'm gonna focus on what I'm good at and what actually fills my cup and fulfills me and let other people do what they're good at. Because each of us is designed so uniquely and we need to live into that instead of trying to be like other others, other moms, you know, seeking what we think is perfect or equally balanced in other people's lives. So that's the first thing is just let go of those expectations that you're feeling from other, other people or that you're placing on yourself and instead be true to who you are and what's best for you and your family. And that's such a good lesson for, I think, our kids to see um, us go through that process of really looking at what fulfills us uniquely and individually, because then I think it gives our kids permission to do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what parent isn't guilty of wanting their kids to do a certain activity because they did that certain activity, right? But that's not entirely healthy because just because... I was a dancer doesn't mean that my girls love to dance or choose to want to dance. And that's absolutely fine because they are not me and I don't want them to be me. I want them to be who they were created to be. One of the other things that I always appreciate about you is that you're always setting goals. You're always looking for new ways to challenge yourself. And that's because that's an area that fulfills you. Um, so I love that you've made that a priority in your life because that's one of the ways that you find fulfillment. So in talking about being part of pageants, how has that been fulfilling for you, especially as you've had the opportunity to meet so many women from around the country? Yeah, I do think it's so important as women, especially, but men too, but particularly for working moms, we give so much to our community, to our jobs, to our families. And oftentimes we don't take the time for ourselves and set goals for ourselves or pursue our own life's passions. And again, that's when you are not fulfilling your life's passions, you're going to feel out of balance. And it's very, very important to be able to make time for yourself. And so for me, I do love pageants. I love pageantry. I, I love the dressing up and the sequins and the heels and all of that. But I also appreciate the fact that I can do something as a married woman in pageantry and still be an example um, and raise awareness of a, a of causes and platforms that matter to me. And it, it's, it's fun. It's fun to be a part of a community that has that shared interest. Um, and I've gotten to know so many amazing women through pageantry, not just here in Oklahoma, but across the United States. Uh, when I competed for Mrs. America in Las Vegas in March, you know, I was standing alongside 50 other incredibly talented smart women and of course it can be easy to like compare yourself like I let's just be honest that is a normal part of life but I really push back on that for myself because you know again I have been made very differently than than they have been and I can learn from them just as they can learn from me and I'm so inspired when I see other women go for their goals and go for their dreams because 
my success or your success does not minimize my success or your success, right? Um, because everybody's passions and what fulfills them is very, very different. And that's as it should be. That's such a refreshing point of view. I love it. Um, You've also used your platform through pageantry to really bring awareness to infertility, especially. Will you share why that has been so important to you and how you've been able to provide support for other women? Yeah, years and years ago when I decided I was ready to be a mom, I uh, just expected it was gonna happen overnight, right? And it was something that I had dreamt of for since I was a little girl of being a mom one day and I just naturally wanted that to happen immediately and it didn't. Um, I struggled for the better part of four to five years to have my first child successfully and I lost four through miscarriage before ever um, getting pregnant successfully with my son, Gabe. And it was a really difficult time for me. I did not know how to handle my grief, to be frank. I really struggled with depression. I didn't open up for a very long time about it because I felt alone. Um, a lot of my other friends, or so it seemed, were having children successfully, they didn't have any issues, and so I felt like the only one. Um, it wasn't until I started opening up and sharing my journey with others that I discovered that a lot of people struggle with infertility. One out of every seven women in the United States struggle with infertility or miscarriage loss. So I was not alone. I just didn't know it until I started talking about it. And so that's why I'm so passionate about sharing my own story and being vulnerable to say like, these are the struggles that I went through during my journey. And I can't, I can't solve somebody else's infertility issues, but I can absolutely pour into them and let them know that I empathize with them. I know where they are and that I'm here to listen. And that community at the end of the day is the most important part of your healing journey, um, which is a big part of why I'm executive director of Calm Waters. I love this mission so much because that's exactly what we do here is we create community for people who have been through such terrible, terrible loss. And you are, you are so good at creating community, at bringing people together, at helping people feel affirmed or encouraged in the midst of sometimes really, really hard life situations. Uh, thank you for sharing a little bit about your situation. I know um, your willingness to do that and your vulnerability throughout your journey has helped so many other women and families feel not alone and feel like there's some light at the end of the tunnel for them. Um, so we know this past year has been hard on, on so many of our families. Um, what are some ways that you have and that you're continuing to prioritize your own mental health and your children's mental health too? Yeah, wow. We have all faced the challenge of this last year. And I, I continue to say that, you know, we've been facing a health crisis, but honestly, probably more than anything, we are yet to experience the full extent of the mental health crisis. Um, you know, just it, facing us as a community. And, you know, I have three healthy, beautiful children, but they've struggled. 
you know, my husband and I have struggled. We're strong and we have a great support system, but we still have struggled. And, you know, for, for our family, it's, I certainly strive to make sure that we are active. I think being physically active is um, an important part of your physical and your mental health. The more you move your body, the more you get those hormones and those serotonin levels up, the better you feel about your situation. And so I'm an active runner. I run, I know you are too, Erin. Um, I run and I lift weights and I keep my body active at least six days out of every week. And if not um, on the seventh day, I'm walking, I'm doing something. And I encourage my kids to do the same thing. My husband is an avid cyclist. He is... Um, kind of obsessive about it and it gets him in a good place mentally and physically and that is so important. Secondly, we really focus intentionally in our family about talking about how we're feeling. Um, you know, it's hard for kids. I have two teenagers and that is a challenge for them to feel okay to share how all those emotions that are going on in their bodies. But I try to create a safe space in our home, and my husband does as well, so that they know that we are safe when they need to talk about what's going on, what's hurting them, what's bothering them, or in the good times, right? That we are a safe place. In fact, the other day, my 10-year-old daughter, Elin, we were driving in the car, and she was, you know, she, she talks a mile a minute, and she saw a lot of words to say. She's not a teenager yet, so she hasn't shut down completely, but she was telling me all kinds of things, and she stopped, like interrupted herself, and she said, I don't know why I'm telling you all of these things, Mom, and I said, what's well, okay. You can, you can tell me anything, and she goes, oh, I do. I tell you everything, because you are my best friend, and Mom, you're pretty much like my therapist, she said. <laughs> And I just got the biggest giggle out of it because I said, that's great. I'm happy to be your in-home therapist. Like that is actually a really healthy thing. I want you to always feel comfortable doing that. And she said, mom, you're that for um, brother and sister too. And I said, great. I will happily listen to them as long as they want to share. So again, just creating that safe space in in home, in the home, you know, is very, very important because that's ultimately where it begins. And then the third thing is I grew up with um, just a tremendous amount of encouragement from my mom to always give back and to serve and to volunteer. Anytime I was down in the dumps or wasn't feeling super great about my life, she would every time say, Erin, you need to get out there and you need to give back to somebody else. Like you need to stop thinking about you and your troubles and give back, volunteer, serve. And so we try to really encourage and support that in our own home. And obviously I try to model that myself for my children so they, they see how important it is to give back. And there's so much research on this. I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on how important it is to give back and to volunteer. Um, just because of the, the mental health benefits that come from, from serving. That's so funny that you say that because I literally like three or four days ago, a friend of mine, when I was saying, you know, I'm just, I'm really struggling with kids going back to school. I'm feeling very overwhelmed with lots of things right now. My anxiety is through the roof. And a friend of mine who knows me very well said, have you done anything to give back lately? Because I know that's one of the things that's really beneficial for your personality. And I was like, oh, oh. 
Thank goodness for friends who know us well, right? Yes, absolutely. And kudos to your friend. It's so true. It, whenever I have those moments where I spiral into the negative self-talk, as we often do, and, you know, just start, like, things weigh me down, I have to immediately remind myself, okay, it's time for you to encourage someone. So I will pop a text off to someone. I will write a handwritten note. I will intentionally seek out somebody else who I think could stand for my encouragement or who needs my attention and thoughts far more than all the stuff that's going on inside my head. Yeah, it's just, it's so helpful to just get out of your own situation for a little bit and do something for someone else. I love that you encourage that um, as a whole family activity. We were just creating some lists, some coping strategy lists at my house over the weekend as my kids are feeling nervous about going back to school just to help them really be able to name some of their feelings and then have some coping strategies to go along with those. And one of the things I put on the list because my friend had just reminded me of it was what can you do for somebody else that is nice? Um, so I love that. And, and you're right. I have seen over and over in my life, especially even in the last week, how empowering and helpful that practice can be for my mental health. So your team at Calm Waters has had to get very creative during the pandemic. Um, you've moved support groups online rather than having them in person at the height of the pandemic. You launched those COVID-specific grief support groups. And in the midst of all of this, you moved into a beautiful new space as well. So you guys have had a lot on your plates. Tell us more about how Calm Waters positively impacts families in our community and maybe what your team has learned during this pandemic that's going to help shape the organization's future. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most powerful things, like I mentioned earlier, that we do here at Calm Waters is we create a safe space for families to cope, to find hope again, and to find healing. Um, all of us here at Calm Waters answer the phones. So we don't have a full-time receptionist. So even as the executive director, I answer the phones and I take calls regularly. In fact, I did again today. And I will tell you that every single call that we get is from a family who is at the absolute brink. When they pick up the phone and they call us, it's because they cannot take their emotion one more moment. They are so overwhelmed, they are so stressed, they are can't get out of bed. It is so heartbreaking, but it is awesome to be able to say, you are in the right place, we are the experts on grief and loss, we will help you journey this. We cannot erase your loss, but we can absolutely give you all the coping skills that you will need, you and your children will need to navigate this journey. And so it's really awesome to be able to watch that progression for our families and to get to connect with them. We genuinely get to know these families because sometimes they're with us for quite some time. If they're participating in our support groups, they could be with us for three months, six months, nine months, sometimes a year. They could take a break and then come back. I mean, we have a lot of close relationships with our families and we love that. The biggest surge that we have seen over the last 12 to 18 months though, is the demand for our grief counseling services. It has been 
absolutely overwhelming how many calls we have gotten in large part because we have a lot of families, a lot of individuals in this community who whose former losses have been triggered by the pandemic. So imagine being isolated at home and you start to think about the fact that your mom died two years ago and maybe you never fully wrestled with that grief. And now you really wish she was here because you're feeling isolated, whatever it is, right? We absolutely have had a lot of di divorces, you know, families falling apart, obviously death too this last year, but a lot of people just need that one-on-one -on -one counseling. And so pre-pandemic, we were seeing maybe around three counseling clients a week. Right now we're seeing about 106 counseling clients a week. Wow. It is profound. And so as a result, our staff has grown. I've almost doubled the team just in the last six months in order to keep up with that demand. Uh, and I'm so grateful that we're, we are in this new space because we needed more space, but little did we know exactly how much more space we would need. And now we were able to accommodate all of that. And I will say that probably one of the greatest lessons learned out of all of this is that there's more than one way to provide grief support. You know, pre-pandemic, we would have never imagined having virtual support groups. Doing things on Zoom and being able to provide grief support, like we, that was, that was a shocker to us. And we have found that that can actually be far more beneficial than we ever realized. It is challenging with the little kids. It's hard for us to do that, you know, provide the kind of community and support that our littles need. But what we're able to do is pour into the adults so that in essence, we're putting the life mask, you know, the air, the oxygen mask on the adults, on the guardians and the caretakers so that they can then provide support that their, their kiddos or grandchildren or whoever it is they're caring for um, at home. It's been um, really impactful to watch how you all have adapted as a staff to continue to put your families first and meet the needs that have been changing. Um, and, and like you said, there's, we're seeing that this pandemic in terms of the mental health aspect of it is going to likely last far longer than than the pandemic itself. Um, and there are lots of triggers for a lot of people. And I think for me, that's something I've seen in my own kids that even though they, they did a great job last year through virtual school and you know all the different things, school did not look anything like what it had before. Um, they did a great job, but as we're getting ready to start school again, it's triggering a lot of that for them. And, and so we are dealing as a family with what that looks like for them. So I think for me, that's been really important um, to think about and recognize for my family and for the families around me that, that this, this impact on all of us is, it's okay if it goes on and on and on, as long as we know where to find that support and those resources. Yeah, and I think one of the most important things we as parents can be doing for our children right now when they are struggling with the, all the fears of the unknowns as they go into the school year is to continue to remind them of what is still the same. That there is stability in, 
at home um, that you know there's there's a lot of things that are not changing because kids are very change averse i mean adults in general are as well and the fear of the change or the fear of the unknown change is really hard and so being able to talk that out with your kids to be able to pinpoint exactly what's staying the same like home is always going to look like this. We're always going to have dinner. We're always going to, you know, whatever it is, uh, give them things that they can hang on to, that they can feel like they have control over as well is a very important thing, no matter how old they are. If they're a little, let them pick out their backpack, whatever that may look like, mom, even if you think it's ugly, like just let them have whatever backpack they want, you know, um, or if they're older kids, like finding something that they can control, that they can have a decision over because a lot of us in society right now feel like we don't have a lot of decisions or a lot of control over our decisions, right? And so being able to provide that stability at home is super important. I love that. That's such an important reminder, Erin. So as we're heading back to school, Calm Waters is offering your back to school support groups. Will those be virtual or in person? Who are they open to? And what do the kids get out of that experience? Yeah, our school groups are so great. We work in partnership with 12 school districts across the Metro Oklahoma City community. And this year, this school year, our groups will meet in person and virtually. Again, we've seen that the virtual option works really well for our school groups, so we're continuing to provide that. And it, they're open to children ages pre-K all the way through high school. They are six to nine week sessions, depending on your school. And if, if your child has suffered from a loss due to death, divorce, incarceration, deployment, deportation, or foster or adoptive care, they absolutely can be a part of our student support groups. It's really, really easy to register. You do it on our website at calmwaters.org. We have a link to our student support groups and you can click on the option that works for you. If in-person works, then register there or if virtual works better, then register there. And at that point then, our staff pull together and figure out which school your child is affiliated with and works directly with the school counselor to pull those groups um, into action. So it's a great, great way for children to be supported during the school year. We hear from kids all the time that Sometimes it's the one thing that they look forward to the most when they go to school is being a part of their Calm Waters group is what they say. And how awesome is that to know that they can be a part, again, of a small tight-knit group, a community of other children just like them who are feeling all these things, maybe are going through life experiences like them and allows them to feel like they're not alone, not as alone as maybe they think they are. That's so important. You guys do such great work. So as we wrap up today, as we know, we've talked about we're feeling stress. Um, we know other parents are too. What's the one piece of encouragement you'd like to leave with our listeners today? I think what continues to stand out to me always is that you are not alone. That there, it, all of us are struggling. And I think sometimes social media has a way of telling us otherwise. Or 
you know, kind of what we see on the outside in terms of other, other people's lives or their family situations. And please just know that if you're struggling at home, if you're struggling to feel like you're a good parent or, you know, a, a, a good spouse or whatever, like we're all in the same boat together. We really are. And just know that there is help that is important to talk about what you're going through don't isolate yourself and you know be open to finding a, a community of support it could be one or two people it doesn't have to be a huge group but absolutely without a shadow of a doubt please find somebody else that you can lean on um, because i will guarantee that you are not alone such great advice, Erin. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to get to chat with you, especially about mental health, especially about support and encouragement for other parents. I really appreciate your perspective today. Thanks everyone for, for having me. Thanks for being here, Erin. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.